0: You're about to listen to a message from the Life Point Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart.
1: We uh, turn our hearts to you as we share from your word this morning. We ask for the Holy Spirit to help us uh, hear what you want to say. Lord, touch every heart. We thank you, our Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Let's push out a big amen. A huge amen. Amen. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. Um, Thank you for making it. It was quite a stormy morning in the city. It took me by surprise. It was not raining Sisi yet, right? It's not, this is just like a test rain. test rain. You just want to make sure all our umbrellas are working and stuff. All right. But thank you so much for, for making it out of church this morning. Um, I'd like to read. Uh, so we started this discussion uh, last week about me and my emotions. Um, and this is. It's quite an important discussion for us in this season because I believe that um, Bible says. I think it's Paul writing to Timothy says that if you would step aside from these things, he says that you are fit for God's purpose and the things that God wants to do. Um, so someone says, you know, "Why are we discussing about emotions?" I believe that God wants to set a couple of things right in the hearts of His people, okay? and this includes me um, and. Uh, and I think you know, saying last week how that um, our emotions are not a surprise to God. Our emotions are not a surprise to God, um, and and that you know there are certain emotional states that a man can be in where he cannot fulfill destiny. But last week we spoke about bitterness, and I remember saying how that a bitter person will find it difficult to fulfill destiny. Uh, I read Act of Acts chapter eight, the Apostle speaking to a gentleman who had become part of the church but had then uh, behaved in a particular manner and then they said to him, look, we perceive that there is bitterness in your heart. And it says you have no part in this ministry, okay? And we spoke about a couple of things. This week, we want to speak about anger. Anger. So let me ask the person next to you, are you angry? Are you, are you angry? If they say yes, you might want to get another seat. There are lots of seats around. But, but anger is... Um, is a popular emotion. Okay? There's, there's one, uh, you know, I think it's, it's quite popular, and I think. It, it's, it's I mean, there's this whole, uh, there's a couple of guys on social media who, you know, the guy who just goes, something just happened right now and then he's just, and he's just angry and, like, and we're like, yes, be angry, be angry and, and sometimes I just step back and I'm like, why are we happy that he's angry? You know, how, how does it work? You know, but obviously, anger is in in fashion at the moment. But anger is an emotion that is characterized by antagonism towards someone or something, especially when you feel they have deliberately done you wrong. They've crossed a a line. And anger can be a good thing, all right? Uh, It can be it can be a good thing. Uh, In fact, when you read Ephesians chapter 4 uh, 26, Apostle Paul says Be angry and do not sin. It says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath uh, or not give place to the devil. So he clearly distinguishes between anger and sin. Let me tell the person next to you, your anger is not a sin. Your anger is not a sin. Or Maybe to put it uh, in better form, your anger is not yet a sin. A sin. Okay, that's what Apostle Paul says here. He says to so be angry and do not sin. Okay, Because anger can be positively channeled under the influence of the Holy Spirit. In the presence of wisdom, I mean, Jesus was angry. One day, Jesus shows up at church for and Someone else are talking in front. You know, that's not exactly what happened, but I noticed that one. And Jesus gets angry. Says, "Go out of the church." I don't know what he's. They're changing. They've changed church to a, a commercial center. They're, you know, they're trading Bitcoin. They're doing all sorts of things. Jesus just gets upset. Carry your laptops out of here. You know, um, he's angry. And so, it's not anger itself that it's an issue. There is a concept, a word that we don't use very popular in our day, but it's called wrath. And, and, you know, our anger sometimes turns into wrath. And I think that's where we stray into sin. And I just want us to examine it. So, if when you drive your cars, uh, from you would notice that typically most cars have a, um, a temperature gauge that tells you how hot your car is, right? And um, it doesn't happen so much nowadays, but up ever so often you're in a car and then they say the car is overheating, right? That gauge just goes all the way, whooms! And then, you know, there's some pretty white smoke that starts to come out of fancy parts of the car and you know there is a problem. You know you're not going to school that morning, you know you're not making church, but you know what the driver does, right? When he gets to that point where the lights, the gate, he presses the accelerator, speeds on, right? That's not what the driver does. If your driver does that when he's driving you, the car is overheating. He's something's wrong. What the driver does is to slow down and park the car, right? And um, it's often the same thing with anger that there is a place where it begins to transit. So, there are a couple of scriptures I'll read to us in James chapter one, verse nineteen to twenty. James says, "So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Right, help me tell the person next to you, listen well, listen well, listen well." it says, "Be slow to speak. Tell that same person, just keep quiet a little. Just keep quiet. Keep quiet a little." And it says, slow to wrath. And it tells the person, cool temper. Yes, <laughs> it says, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. He uses the phrase, slow to wrath. And, and I just want us to keep that picture at the back of our minds. There is a process with anger. When he describes uh, 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 love in First Corinthians chapter 13, Apostle Paul says that love, verse 4, He says, love does not behave rudely. So if you are accustomed to being rude, it is not love. Love does not seek its own. And then he says, it is not provoked. In fact, when you read the Amplified, uh, uh, when you read Amplified Translation, it says that it is not provoked or overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not take into account a wrong endured. So there is um, what you would describe as speed to anger. There is uh, so you could get angry, but it does not become wrath. It does not become wrath. I, I and I'll share a bit uh, as the message proceeds. But I I remember very clearly growing up and being very hot tempered. Uh, my. So I grew up in Benin. I say this often. And I think it was a rite of passage for you growing up in Benin to be able to successfully raise your voice. You know, just... I think it you came into your own, you could shout. When people... That's how... It, when Benin people are normally boisterous and expressive. And, and just to be able to... I mean, if you see my parents, my, my, my parents are such wonderful people. And my parents could shout competitively. It was... It was um, if my father was upset... He wasn't, you know, it was, you, we knew he was upset. The neighbors also knew uh, that he was upset. Uh, and for me, what I realize is that it's not the fact that you are angry and you're carrying that emotion in yourself that is an issue, is what happens in the transition. James says to be slow to wrath. This is because that wrath does not produce... Uh, the righteousness of God. Because we do not make our best decisions when we are angry. Uh, We often say things that are hurtful when we are angry. Uh, In fact, uh, I I say that we we bypass the, the gates of discretion, the principles of discretion, the filter of discretion when we are angry. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been angry with someone, and you tell them things which you had thought, but you did not mean to tell them. I don't know if it's ever happened to you. So, in the midst of the, you know, you just the anger just is boiling and it's boiling and it's boiling, and then you just begin to tell them things you you had thought about secretly in your heart, and maybe you'd even heard God say, "Do not, I warn you, do not say this out." And then you just just comes out. This your head is too big. Your head, your hair is useless. I don't know between you and your hairdresser, somebody's blind. know <laughs> later you are telling yourself, my God, I said that. You know, and if you are still kind of, you are saying, like, yes, yes, it's fine. But what it is is like it's it's that you get to a place. I mean, I don't know if you've ever said something so hurtful to someone in the midst of anger that you regret it, and it didn't get there automatically. Um, so anger sometimes is like, it's like a, putting a pot of water or a kettle of water on the fire. And, and it just heats up gradually. It just heats up gradually. I talk about this thing and I'm going to ask David to come help me share something. But I talk about this concept that scripture speaks about, about anger that rests. So in Ecclesiastes chapter seven and verse nine, it says, "Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry." It says, "For anger rests in the bosom of fools." And when um, when I when I read that, I immediately remember that phrase we use, you know, nowadays when we say we used to use it when we say "pepper don't rest." You know, it means that for those of you who just get, you know, just got back into the country, you missed all the vocabulary. It means that your friend Tukumbo has now come into all sorts of ridiculous wealth. You know that someone can be wealthy or have money, but the money comes and goes. Hits the accounts, debits, goes, you know. But when we say uh, Pepper's resting, it means that regardless of what is going, there's always money there. Here, Bible says that anger rests. It means it has found a safe home. It has found acceptance. It has found, it has stretched out in the heart of a person. The Bible describes that state. Uh, Paul says in that scripture I read earlier, Ephesians 4, it says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. And because there is a place you get to where you're not just angry because someone has crossed a boundary, that anger has then possessed you. Even God takes care, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 3, it says, for his anger is for a moment. It says, but his favor is for a lifetime. Help me ask the person next to you, how long have you been angry? How how long have you been angry? How long have you been? People who are angry didn't ask the other people. They know their conscience is touching them, so you couldn't really ask. So let me ask the person on the other side How long have you been angry? How long have you been angry? So this is very important. This is very important. This is very important. I'm, I'm going to ask um, uh, David. David is one of our leaders here, He's recently appointed as a leader. I'm going to ask him to come share very quickly, five, seven minutes. <laughs> hey, hey, David, your fans are still shouting. Come, come, come. <laughs> So and just, and just a caveat, I've not asked David to share this because he's an angry person. <laughs> I'm just going to ask David to share uh, very quickly about anger, sources of anger, and I'll come back.
0: Praise God. Um, so P.I. has set the tone by talking about anger and um, how important anger is. Um, the, the question we then ask is, well, so why do we even get angry? Um, c- can you ask your neighbor, what are the sources of your anger? What are the sources of your anger? Um, When you ask the question, for most people, the first thing that comes to mind is either someone or something. It's usually external. It's usually something that is not on the inside of you, but something that's on the outside of you. But the reality is that the primary source of anger is from within. So the primary source of anger is on the inside. What you produce is a function of what's on the inside of you. I wrote in my notes that what you exhibit is a function of who you are um, on the inside or what you're breathing inside. Sometimes um, you have the right spirit in you, but you have kept some parts of you to breed hostility and you haven't got rid of it. So what you express on the outside is a function of who you are on the inside. Or what you're breathing inside. Um, Anger is a product of incubation. PI talked about how anger is a process. Anger doesn't just happen. There is actually a process to anger. Um, The way I like to think about it. Is that anger is usually in three stages. There is pre-anger. Which is essentially. What feeds the anger. There is anger itself. And then there is post-anger. The impact of that anger. So you think about anger first from you know, the causes of the anger. And then the anger is the effect. And then the impact is what happens right after um, that effect. And so anger is like a factory. So your, your bodies, think of your bodies as a factory. Um, if you've ever been to a factory, you'd find that there, when you want to produce a product, you know, you have ingredients that go into that bottle. And so the product that you see at the end of the day is a function of the ingredients that have gone into that bottle. Um, the bible says you know the spirit man the the, the carnal man paraphrasing but the carnal man does not understand the things of the spirit because essentially he doesn't have in him the things of the spirit it's only the spirit man that can understand it and so every time you're angry you need to ask yourself you know what's it brewing in me that's causing me to express anger in this way you know sometimes people say oh i'm so surprised by my behavior why did that happen Uh, But then you have to go back and think about it. Like, what's brewing me? What's inside of me that's causing this anger? And I feel that, you know, God wants us to examine what's inside of us. God wants us to take a moment and think about what's inside of us. For some of us, the reason for our anger, the reason we are so expressive, is because we've been hurt by someone. Um, We remember a time in our lives when someone we trusted hurt us. And so we've kept that hostility. We say we are Christians, but we've kept that hostility in our heart and it's breeding anger. And so one day we snap and we wonder why that happened. Um, but then it's because of the unresolved hurt. You know, an example in the Bible, you had Joseph's brothers who after Joseph told them about his dream, um, they obviously felt very hurt in them and they brewed that anger and that anger led to them being, you know, selling him off. And then you also had a, a man, um, He was called the most humble man in the the world at some point. Um, Numbers, I can't remember what his name is. But um, when God said, you know, he should stretch forth his hand um, to get water out of of the rock. And then he struck the rock. At that time, when you read the Bible, you'd find that he had just gone through hurt. Moses, thank you. So Moses, he had just gone through a period of hurt. So he had just lost his sister. And then he also had people murmuring constantly. And so his reaction at that time was to o- operate in, in anger and, and obviously there were consequences. There are also some who express anger as a result of injustice. Um, you've been unfairly treated. And so as a result of that injustice, you feel justified uh, by the anger. Um, there was a time in the Bible where Jonathan was, con- was talking to his father and Saul and Um, his father was so angry he threw a spear at him and the bible says that jonathan was angry in response to that anger um, and he went and grieved because of what his father had done and so when you feel a sense of injustice towards you in any way you also tend to brew brew anger and then there's fear as well there are instances where um, you feel threatened you feel like your position is threatened and so, because your position is threatened, your defense mechanism is actually to be angry. And so, all these things are examples of anger which brews from within. Um, and we must think about this as very, very important. Um, just in conclusion, when we read the story of creation, we find that um, there was a significant difference between. Um, the adam and eve the man the people that adam and eve were and before the the fall of man and then after the fall of man so before the fall of man we see adam very expressive Uh, adam had a lot of love in him the bible says that when eve was brought to him he said this is the flesh of my flesh and the bone of my bone you can't say that angrily you can't say this is the flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone so he must have been very happy when he saw eve um you know, they were one, they were probably dancing in the garden, singing sound of music, enjoying themselves. Um, but then you see a very, very different man after the fall of man, after the devil had tempted man. Um, the Bible says in the book of um, Genesis chapter 2, verse 21, that, uh, no, sorry, Genesis chapter 3, verse um, verse 7, that when they had eaten the apple, they said apple, but the fruit, and um, their eyes were opened, the Bible says, um, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed leaves together. But in verse 2, verse 25, the Bible says, they were naked, but they felt no shame. So after the fall of man, the first thing we see is that man had gone from a secure position to an insecure position. Again, we see things like fear. When, when God said, um, why have you done this thing? You see fear. And so ultimately, what is within you is produced on the outside. So every time you are angry, you need to ask yourself, what is the source of this anger? Um, is it unresolved issues? Is it things that I'm brewing inside? And then deal with the source of the anger um, in order for you to move forward. Praise God.
1: Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much, David. God bless you. Um, And I, I, I'm careful about our discussions in this series because you know we can do me and my emotions and just talk about love, and love is good. Valentine's Day, Wednesday or Thursday or somewhere in the middle. Um, But I realize, like, and this is simple for me, that God wants to do stuff with people in church. Us, me, you and that he wants to shift us into a place where we're usable, okay? Uh, anger leads to, resting anger leads to death and to destruction. I'll give you a couple of examples, I'll give you two examples. When we read in Second Samuel chapter 13, read a, uh, a tragic story. Uh, the Bible speaks about a gentleman who is called Absalom, David's house. Uh, and David's house, something tragic has happened. There's a lady called Tama, one of David's daughters, who has been raped by one of her half-brothers. And it's terrible. Just, it's, it's just all sorts of madness. It's terrible. It's sad on many levels. Um, we join the story um, in verse 20 or verse 19. But now Tamar tore her robe and put ashes on her head and then with her face in her hands, she went away crying. Her brother Absalom saw her and asked, Is it true that Amon has been with you? Well, my sister, keep quiet for now. Since he's your brother, don't worry about it. That sounds like a guy who's taking this in his stride. And so Tamar lived as a desolate woman in her brother Absalom's house. Verse 21 When King David heard what had happened, he was very angry. I'm reading 2 Samuel 13, verse 22. And though Absalom never spoke to Ammon about this, he hated Ammon deeply because of what he had done to his sisters. Verse 23. It says, two years later, when Absalom's sheep were being shared at Baal near Ephraim, Absalom invited all the king's sons to come to a feast. He went to the king and said, my sheep sharers are now at work. Will the king and his servants please come to celebrate the occasion with me? In verse 25, the king replied, no, my son, if we, all, if we all came, we would be too much of a burden on you. Absalom pressed him, but the king would not come. So he gave Absalom his blessings. Well, then, Absalom said, If you cannot come, how about sending my brother Amon with us? Why Amon? The king asked. But Absalom kept on pressing the king until he finally agreed to let all his sons attend, including Amon. And so Absalom prepared a feast fit for a king. Absalom told his men, Wait until Amon gets drunk, then at my signal, kill him. Do not be afraid. I'm the one who is giving the instructions. Take courage, and do it. So, at Absalom's instruction or signal, they murdered Ammon, and the other sons of the king jumped on their mules, and fled. Anger can lead to death and to destruction. Just, and this was so. So, I tell you how. So, preparing for this, I had this in my notes, and then yesterday, God, started, you know, started saying to me, he says, "Oh, look, you know, Idris." Absalom is going to come to service today. Uh, so, I'm, tempted to, I'm tempted to have you ask the person next to you for their names, but but I realize that it's easy to think is the person next to you. It's very easy to, somebody's already asking somebody, what's your name? So, <laughs> it's easy to think he's the person, but, but this is a gentleman who's been, like, like David said, he's been He's a sense of injustice. But what, for lack of a better word, grieves my heart the most was his ability to cultivate that anger for two years. Two years. He probably just saw him on... How are you? How are you? God bless you. God bless you. Shalom. Shalom. You know, maybe once in a while they got into conversation. Did you see the game yesterday? I told you they were going to lose. They were going to lose. Well done, my brother. Support a good thing. You know, he. he... But there was a plotting happening on the inside. And, you know, I believe strongly that that's one of the things that God wants to do in this service. And and one way to know is if you feed this bill, is if you are subconsciously or consciously seeking or plotting revenge for anybody in your life. Anybody in your life. If there are people in your life who, if something bad happened to them today, your first instinct to be, praise God. I, I did okay. ah, no, my God does not fail. <laughs> All this gentleman did, he took your bio in primary three. All he did. He just said, ah, no, my God, my God will fight. My God will fight for me. The God that answers by fire. If your neighbor's house burns today, and there's someone in your heart, I told them, they always put it on that generator. They're disturbing me, but is there someone who you would be happy to see destroyed? Is there someone who you will be happy to see evil come to? Is there anyone? Absalom cultivates anger for for two years. And anger is a very powerful emotion. So sometimes it's under the bonnet, so you can't see that, you know, there's also, because what happens, I don't know if you also notice, when a car is overheating and when we open it, sometimes all all the smoke or all the vapor comes out there. So the fact that you are not shouting on the road does not necessarily mean that you're not carrying anger in your heart. Help me tap the person next to you. Tell them, take it easy. <laughs> take it, take it easy. The Bible says God's anger is for a moment. God gets angry. God gets angry, but it's for a moment in time. David says something about us dealing with angry people going to come back to Absalom in a moment. Um, I have a, so in church here, yeah, our culture is to speak about, when we speak about ourselves in a way that we don't, or about a thing that is sensitive of, you know, we don't we talk about our brother Femi, our cousin Femi, right? We know that, right? So when somebody comes and says, I'm just going to tell you a story about my cousin Femi, they might be talking about themselves or not. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you about my cousin Femi, and I'm not. If you like thinking, I'm talking about myself, but that's your business. <laughs> um, like I said, look. So <laughs> that's going to be tough. So Femi grew up in Benin. The Benin people are just. I mean, they're not bad like worry people, but or, but hardcore people. But not telling you. <laughs> worry people is like a it's a lifestyle. Even the greeting is aggressive. The, the greeting is anger. You know. <laughs> You know, some of your Bible try to copy, but it's not the real, not the real thing. Um. And and um, this family thing is not going to work for me. I'm just going to have to tell you guys, and trust that you would keep it in confidence. I'm going to tell you my story. And My father was interested. My father loves me to bits. But my father had an anger issue. Um. And I I was remembering the course of the week. So we didn't do, you know this lucky house is where you come and then you, you're watching CN, the old cartoon network, and your father comes begging you, let me watch the premise. No, dad, I wanna watch no, that didn't happen in my house. When my father walked in, everybody retreated, you left the you left the living room, you left you you, you you didn't just leave. You left it in the state that the man left it before he left the house. If the TV was on, you put it off, you tried to cool it down so that so that he didn't know that. Oh, oh God. He didn't know that. You know, he didn't know that you were watching TV and you left. And there's one day he had come in and, and and he was angry that day. He had come in and I think there was someone a relation who was visiting with our family at the time and um and she had um she had, had some oranges, I think. And she had you know how university students can have oranges and just display everything everywhere. She had put just made a mess in the living room. And we hadn't known to clear up my, he just, so this gentleman had come my father had come in and he was upset and that day i got you know what people say I got the beating of I mean, you got the beating of your life I think I got the bit yeah I, think I got the beating of my life that day the problem was I knew I was not the one who drank the orange i didn't buy the orange I didn't ask her to drink the orange i didn't, I, I did not participate in that orange process at all and and so I was being, this is, I, this is, I felt like Jesus. I was being, <laughs> I was being beaten for the sin of other people. But, um, but church, that that was more than just physical beating. Because uh, I think that in particular, and a couple of other things, broke what I think was a relationship that a son or child has with their father. And that when you break that cord takes a miracle to put it back and until today perhaps the longest conversations i have my father my wife will tell you my father and i chat pleasantly but our conversations max are 2 minutes 3 minutes it, it doesn't go past that because something broke that day um and and so when god says to us i want to deal with anger i want to speak to absalom for some reason, when I prepared for this, I felt that there was someone who, it is exactly two years yeah, that you've been harboring this anger. I just want to, I shared that story to let you know that anger destroys. Uh, when we carry negative emotions within us, they, they actually destroy us first before they destroy other people. Anger will destroy careers, destroy relationships. A man can work for 15 years and one day, he just his boss just tells him one little thing in the office. Ini, I don't like the way you've done this graph. If I, what school did you go to? And just as if it just moves from 0 to 100, 110, smoke coming out everywhere. And he just gets up. I'm not taking this from you anymore. I didn't come from Ibadan to do this. And he just goes on and on and on. Tells him the story of his life. That's how you're even driving. A, a, a Mercedes Benz that you inherited from your father. That 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 tells. And when she finishes, she lives in grand style. Bums, just storms out, leaves her computer. Then she wakes up the next morning and realizes that she has won a career of fifteen years. People, in I mean, you watch football sometimes. Just you know, are playing team, they're playing, they're playing. Next thing, guy just slaps the guy. Bums, red card. That was Zinedine Zidane who. This was, was it World Cup Finals or Champions League? World Cup Finals, right? How do you get to the World Cup Finals? Then just decide, man, I'm taking this guy with it. And it was a headbutt. It was like, how? That's, that's the wrong spot. It's, that's wrestling. But sometimes, and this is funny because as I prepared for this, I realized that we don't realize how even having to deal with angry people Sometimes um, invests anger in us. When you read Proverbs chapter 22, but let's do Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens, this is the an amplified, and influences another through discussion. When you then read Proverbs 22 and 24, it says, make no friend with an angry man. He says, "And with a furious man, do not go." If you read that in the Amplified, it says, "Do not hang out with angry people. Do not keep company with hot heads." He says, "Bad temper is contagious. Don't get infected." Um, as I prepared for that, I rea- prepared for this, as I realized that sometimes, for some of us, we've inherited anger. Emotions can be caught. And and you, you, you have to take care not to open your heart to the bitterness and the anger in the hearts of other people. You have to be careful about the emotional deposits that you receive from those who are closest to you, from your parents, from your bosses, from your spouses, from siblings. And again, as we discuss this emotion today, I keep saying, to someone here, who is it that has hurt you so bad that you are literally willing to bring down the kingdom for. You read Absalom's story that we read, everything goes south from there. Everything. It never, till the day he dies, Absalom is on a war path. Because not even the death of Amon satisfies that anger. He's on a war path. I said to people, you know, do not underestimate the potential consequences of living in an angry country. And your country is angry. I know. So let me tell you, this is is not even being funny. Your country is angry. The Bible says when Abel's blood was shed, God says that the voice of Abel is screaming for vengeance. And, And there's so much injustice in our land. But we can sometimes just feel the anger. When you go out on Monday morning, don't you just feel? People went, this all of them went to church on Sunday. When they bring out their car on Monday morning, it's just such anger. You know, even you that went to church, you led prayers. As you are going, you're like, God, forgive me. But this guy is a nutcase. He's saying it back to you. You know, you guys have created seven lanes. There are only three lanes marked out. Seven lanes. You're tracking your car. Hit me. I will show you something. You know, then you take that spirit, you land in the office. <laughs> God save the people that are reporting to you. And you finish, then you get back into the traffic. In the middle of the day, you've gotten news about that there's no fuel. So, you know, the anger is just bubbling, bubbling. And of course, not just in an angry country, but in an angry generation. I just make a small mistake on Twitter. Grammatical error. <laughs> people that don't know you, they just drag you out. Hey. <laughs> They, as in they don't know you. They just as if they've been waiting for you. <laughs> they take, in fact, before you even go back and say, ah, I made a mistake, they've taken screenshots. Then they now start to analyze it. <laughs> so I think it's Ezekiel who says, and Ezekiel, I think it's six, he says one to me, he says For i I'm a man with unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips. So my eyes have seen the Lord, and God then takes him through a process. Emotions can be caught. Emotions can be caught. So how, how, do, how do we diffuse anger in the hearts of people? Um, David said, "You know, it's about what is in us. So emotions are often rooted in our mindsets, in our knowledge, in our thought patterns. Two or three people can hear the same information and all react very differently. I mean, the example, somebody dies, one person can immediately go into rejoicing. I knew, I told him I was gonna die seven days. He didn't know this. I I told him he was gonna die, he didn't know. It was, it, the other person is mourning. That person's mourning is not because, it's because the guy is owing them money and he's dead, you know. How do you deal with and, and how do you deal with anger? We act out of knowledge that we have on our inside, things we've stored about people. Have Have you ever seen someone's number? And I've seen these people do this. So if you like, I know people here. Somebody just calls you. You just see their name on Pamela. You just get angry. Why is he calling me? Why Why is he calling me? You know, Pam Pam. (laughs) But do you know what happens in that moment? Is that there is anger in your heart. When you see Uncle Kelechi, what nonsense? What? Is it? What? What? <laughs> Help me tap the person next to you. Don't say anything. Just tap them. Just tap them. Just tap them. So cultivating goodwill towards all men is key to managing anger. Because we could, we could tell you things this morning and say, oh, when you get angry, step back two minutes. Count to 25 in your mind. We could give you techniques. The challenge with those techniques is that there's some there's a way people can anger you that you can count to a million <laughs> and it's not working. And some people, it's been two years coming, so it's not just this one of you went to sweet sensation when you said. After you order the stuff, say, and what else? And you're like, ah, what do you mean, and what else? Are you trying to embarrass me here? You know, it's not, no, that's just, just a minor infraction. No, because you know, sometimes you say, they finish, you say, and what else? I'm like, yeah, that's all I want. Just one meat pie. You know, but they don't, that's not, that's a minor infraction. That's not what we are talking about. It's the Absalom type one where it's been brewed. So techniques do not work for that one. But the ability to cultivate goodwill towards all men. And that comes from accepting the love of God. It comes from accepting the love of God. When you dip... It was Bumi Otegbadi who was talking last week when you... Was, uh, you know, uh, and he was talking about how we're like sponges, and when you dip people long enough in fear, in pain, when you squeeze out of them, what you get is negative emotions. The funny thing, and I say this to you guys, is that it's interesting, but people around you know you're angry. I mean, this is Valentine's Week, so I hope things are a bit saner in the consciousness in the set. But you know, when people are in love. They smile at strangers on the road. Hello. (laughs) You know, they're driving, they just look, you know, they're listening to love music. I don't know what love music, I don't even know what love music is nowadays. What's a love song nowadays, Pam? Sorry? Come on, give me a love song now. Follow me, you are a musician. What's a love song? What's perfect? 30 billion is a love song. That's a (laughs) call. Okay, Sharon, perfect. Uh, Perfect, I don't man. I'm really a pastor. I don't even know how it works. Okay, but they're listening to love song. and just looking. I know this song. Perfect. I, I will know it later, but it had no relevance to the message. Wait, wait. But they're listening to, you know, the song and they just smile at people on the People are like, you know, shit, People are upset with it, but they don't care. In love. They love. They don't care. They see a stray dog on the road. Oh, how are you? They're, they're in love. They don't care. Oh, you know, can I help you carry this? You know? Can I pay for you? Sometimes you get to the toll. Just, God bless you, my brother. In fact, here's my I'm, I'm paying for the next 10 people. Just tell them God loves them. You know? They love. They love. At least, okay, we're paying for the next two people. <sighs> 10 people is it. It's when the man has proposed. That's why. So you're away to the wedding venue that you pay for 10 people. But has our heart moved beyond, has it moved beyond just mental assent when we say God loves you? You Because know, you know, when you sow fear, you will reap anger. When you sow love, you reap peace. It's that goodwill towards all men. There is somewhere, I believe God wants to bring us to, when Jesus is calling his disciples, he speaks about a gent. he talks about a guy, he says, they, they, they bring a guy to him and says, I saw you when you were seeing this guy, Nathaniel. Spirit look one or look to Nathaniel says, How do you how did you see me And he says to Nathaniel, he says this is a true Israelite in whom there is no guile? That's something I've always prayed for myself. That God will look at me and say, When I look at Idris, there is nothing negative inside of him. Have we gotten to the place where God loves me? is more than just something I know in my head. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, I read all the way to 19, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the sense what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Have you poured God's love into your heart until it overflows? Because until we get to the place where our hearts are saturated with the love of God, we are in a fix. Because Luke chapter 6, verse 43, he says, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit. David was alluding to that earlier. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit, for every tree is known by its own fruit verse 45 I want. It says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. It says an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. This is extremely important. I think it makes the difference between life and death. The ability to receive God's love on a daily basis makes the difference between whether you will leave carnal or spiritual. The ability to receive God's love on an increasing basis. A heart that has not received the love of God cannot enter into the peace that passes human understanding. And hence, it's left vulnerable. Because what happens as you receive the love of God, you begin to learn of things. The Bible says that a soft answer turns away wrath. Have you ever been angry before just because somebody was angry at you? And so just in an interaction, somebody was angry with you. Have you been driving before and just, someone just winds down? You are crazy. And before you know what is happening, you life pointer, leader, you wind down. and You give him double for his investment. And when you finish, you look at yourself. Hey, where did that come from? Because what happens to the one who is able to cultivate God's love? And we're talking about me and my emotions. And, and I don't want us to ever be in a place where uh, we, we, uh, our lives are on autopilot. So we don't understand what's happening within us. We've lived, we live in the world that's coming to an end soon. In God's terms, it's coming to an end soon. So the Bible says that the whole world is as if in the pangs of childbirth, and, and so there's a lot of squeezing. Just watching CNN will provoke you to anger. Just watching Nigerian news, NTA will provoke you to anger. I mean, just living in our country, and I'm I'm not even found out what it is, but you know, I think I woke up to like social media yesterday. Something about a snake swallowing money. I was like, no, 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 you guys, no, no, no. I said, so it kind of thing you saw, and you're like, "No, I'm not gonna. I'm not. Even, I'm not even gonna go there. If we want to get up, if we want to just close the country, let's just close." Because that's the kind of thing that was coming out of my mouth. I was like, no, let me know. If I like, at the point, I was like, maybe we will just outsource the whole administration of the country. to call. <laughs> So, are my actions and words fueled by love? Are my actions and words fueled by love? Are my actions and words? Do I have I come to the place where I wish all men? I wish them well. I said something last week. I said, "Has your experience of God put you on the path of healing?" Because for some people, the healing happens automatically; it's like instantaneous, as a change. For some people, it's a path. Are your thoughts even towards yourself founded on the fact that God loves you? Because some people are angry with themselves. Some people have not forgiven themselves for how badly they did in the university. And the challenge with you not forgetting or not forgiving your own self is that you are the first person that needs to be on your team list. You are the first person who needs to be on your side. It says, what then shall we say to these things if God be for us, who can be against us? Is that mindset that comes from someone who has let the love of God overflow. Right. Um, when I was preparing, I said to one of the leaders yesterday, I said, how will I know today's service was a success? I said, there's just one thing that for me was really big. Was that if there was anyone who, like Absalom, had come to church. But there's resting anger. There's resting anger. For some people, it's your father who left the house. For some people, it's your mom. Is there anyone who you are seeking or plotting revenge for in your life? Is there anyone who you, you still hold your heart. Okay. Absalom goes on. In fact, he, he goes on exile after that. Joab skims, bring Absalom brings him back. But you see, that anger was never resolved in Absalom's life. The Bible says, Absalom begins to say, look, I must see the king. He sees the king. The anger is still not resolved in Absalom's life. The Bible says, Absalom you know, then takes a new political office and begins to drag for the kingdom from his father. And so successfully does it that his father flees. David and his men literally have to flee. He brings the kingdom down on itself. The anger is still not resolved in Absalom's heart. It's still not resolved because Absalom pursues his own father i mean surely you've got the kingdom would you leave it alone and if absalom had caught david he would have killed him the challenge is that (laughs) you know the bible says absalom is riding on the horse and that the horse goes through a place absalom's head got gets caught in the branches of a tree So today's not a big teaching. Tomorrow, next Sunday, we'll we'll talk about joy. We'll talk about sadness and depression and the oil of gladness. We'll talk about the balm of Gilead to start with. God saying unto Samuel, he says, how long will you maul for sun? He says, take your horn, fill it with oil. We'll talk about the different types of oil that God has given. That's what we'll talk about next Sunday by God's grace. But today, our prayers is a very simple one. is that... Lord, I so on the Wednesdays, we're teaching the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we're teaching the fruit of the Spirit. Last week, we talked about patience. This Wednesday, Felicia is teaching on love. And it's also Valentine's Day, so come, we'll finish early, so you can still go for dinner or prayer meeting or whatever it is that you got booked. But we're teaching the fruit of the Spirit because we understand that there is something that happens within you, the Holy Spirit, you and God you know that affects how you feel how you talk and how you act. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. But I, I just feel that some God and God has big plans for you. I'm not going to try and run a big campaign this morning about the beauty of the life that God has in front of you I am so persuaded that that's the only reason why he's dragging us through this process, this month God has big plans for your life Conclusion. follow is going to. Oh, you're already here, but you have to come and sing. A uh, conclusion. I've seen people who have struggled with God over certain things. They've tried to heal people before, and God says, "Look, you know." Kenneth Hagin will talk about how the anointing is about to flow. It's flowing. People are getting healed. Gets to a particular person, and it stops literally, and, and he keeps on trying to. God reveals by a word of knowledge that there is something in the heart of that person that is preventing the working of God in that life. That's our prayer this morning. God, anyone that I hold in anger, anyone that I have any and some people you don't have to think for. For someone, it's like who broke your heart. For someone, it's Jimmy, for someone, it's your boss at work. I don't know who it is, but, but if you would bow your head in prayer this morning, if you would bow your head in prayer, it's always good if you can pray in the spirit, to just pray you know, for one minute at a time like this, if you pray in the spirit already, everybody, if you pray in the spirit, just pray for one minute if you can, everybody, it doesn't matter where you are, multimedia boots or the sound, whether you're a keyboardist, backup singer, drummer, everybody. Just pray in the spirit for one minute. Just pray in the spirit for one minute. Just pray in the spirit for one minute.
0: And if you don't pray in the spirit, it's okay.
1: Just worship him. Just thank him for your life. No need. We don't, We're not praying just yet. We're not praying in understanding him. We're just praying in the spirit. One
0: Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash Life